I want to share with you very quick uh, something I have entitled The Bitter Pool. The Bitter Pool. Since we are going to dine with the Lord. The Bitter Pool. Bitter. Something that is sour. Then, you know, bitter pool. Monsieur, you know, real uh, water that is sour. So there's a pool that is sour or bitter. I'm reading from Exodus chapter 15, verse 22 to 27. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days, they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink it water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. There the Lord issued a ruling and instructions for them and put them to the test. He said, If you listen carefully to the Lord your God, and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his command and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they come there near the water. Amen. This story is about the Egyptians and the Israelites. When God decided to go and deliver Israel from captivity, from slavery, he was telling the whole world, even including we the Christians now, how he's going to deal with mankind so that man will know, when I say man, it's both male and female, how man is going to deal with him, God, how they, they will see God, they will know what God wants and how God views human beings. He's the creator of the heaven and earth, and he's the one who created us. So he knows everything. So when he delivered children of Israel from Egypt, the first thing he did was to do perform some miracles so that the children of Israel would know how powerful and how great he is. So that they won't doubt in their mind that who is this God? Is he powerful than the gods in Egypt? Is, is he the real God? Because you're talking about many generations. They have been there for almost 400 years. And people have come and gone. Born, die. Born, die. So now, the, the, that generation, they don't know if this is the real God of Israel that they have been waiting for, for deliverance. So when God came in, he didn't just say, I'm going to take you out from here and take you to, the, to Cana. But he performed miracles. So the Bible said he, God himself, intentionally hardened the heart of the king there, who is called Pharaoh at that time. So he hardened the heart of Pharaoh so that Pharaoh would be so stubborn that he would not let the people go. So that God will perform miracles. So when Moses went over there, 
and said, God said, I should let, let the people go. Mo, uh, uh, the Pharaoh said, no, you are not going. That's why God started his first miracle. Then he told Moses to, to uh, stretch his uh, staff on Nile. And Nile, the whole river, turned to be blood. And as we all know, we have ten of them. One, two, three, four, five, all the way down to the time that all the firstborns in Egypt, the Egyptians, have to die. Then God stopped hardening the heart of Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said, now I'll let you guys go. There was a time God even hardened his heart. God turned, let flocks come to the whole nation. Everywhere you walk, flocks, oh, 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 even in the food. The miraculous thing is that even in the oven, these flocks were able to go over there, and while the heat is on, they will not die. Such a powerful miracle to let the people know that he, I am, has come to deliver the children of Israel. So he did all this thing. And then when he took them from Egypt, the first uh, challenge they met on the road was the Red Sea. So God had to command Moses to depart the Red Sea into two. All these things happened so that man or the Israelites would know that Jehovah God is Jehovah. He is powerful. He is the real Jehovah who has come to deliver them. Not one of the gods in Egypt. But this God is the supreme God who rules the whole world. So after he has taken them three days time, as we just read, then Moses led Israel, verse 22, from the Red Sea. After God has departed the Red Sea, the people walked through the Red Sea, and then the Egyptians died in the Red Sea. All these Israelites who were around, they saw what happened. So they, 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 they clapped their hands and they were happy. And then they said, oh, our God is God. This God is the real God. So, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days, three days, they traveled in the desert without finding water. They got to a, after three days, they could not find water to drink. When they came to Mara, they could not drink it water because it was bitter. And then as they were looking, three days after three days, they saw a river there. They said, wow, there's a river now. Let's go and drink. And as they, they went there and then, then they started to drink, taste the water. The water was so bitter that you can't drink. You can't drink. When they came to Mara, they could not drink water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Mara. So the people grumble against Moses, saying, what are we to drink? What are we to drink? Now the people, even though he says very simple and very short here, the people started, wanted to beat Moses. They have forgotten all the big things that God has already done to prove to them that he is God. So in time of challenge, they should cry unto him. And if they cry unto him, he will always come to their aid. Just three days, they have forgotten. They want to beat Moses. Why you, you come and take us from this place, and now there's no water here. No water to drink. All my children are going to die, even including us. We are all going to die. Then Moses went to God. And three, the stick. God told him to pick up one of those sticks and just put it inside that water. That water will be sweet. And Moses did that. And the whole water was sweet. And then... People started complaining. 
He started drinking and drinking and drinking, and they were happy. Now, what lessons do we learn from here? I'll run through quick. Is that my time? Good. It's good that I could see it. 30 minutes, I'll rush through. Normally, I need one hour. But I'll squeeze the whole thing, 30 minutes for you. Quick, zoom, 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 zoom. So follow me. Uh, it's good, since you're all students and you're all young, it's always good to gain knowledge so that you'll be encouraged in life and be able to equip yourself. It's not just every Sunday you come here and just equip yourself, but you yourself, as you go out there, you get the right information to equip yourself. And when things happen also in life, you get to understand it even at a young age. When God, we are going to learn nine lessons. It is three of them, but each topic, I'm going to give you three points. In other words, nine points. <laughs> but it's going to be fast. Uh, the first point is that when God took them out from Egypt, he wanted to tell the children of Israel, or Christians, as we all know, the, the Egyptians, the Israelites, it's an it's a, it's a Old Testament Christian journey. Christian journey. So since you have become a Christian, now God is taking you the same way the Israelites, he was taking them. So just follow me. The first point was that God was telling the children of Israel about how life is. How life is in this, life, in this world. Because God is God and he's telling his people, there's sin in this world. Satan is in this world. Demons are in this world. There's a war going on in this world that you are in now. If you can really make it, you have to understand these principles. That's what God was trying to tell them. God could have taken the water away. God could have made the whole river sweet. You could have taken all the Red Sea away because he's God. You can just remove the water, put concrete, everything there, let the people walk. They couldn't even see the, the Red Sea. But he wanted to tell them that in this world, there are some things. So under telling them about how life is, the first point A is like life is a mixture. Life is a mixture, mixture of all kinds of things, good and evil. Life is mixed with sweet and sour. That's why three days, just three days, he took them from Egypt they crossed the Red Sea three days' time, and they met this bitter water. That water, I don't think it was bitter, but it was God himself who made it bitter for them to, to test them to see if they will cry to him, if they would depend upon him, of all that he has told them. When even the big Red Sea, when they depended upon him, they cried, Moses cried unto him. Moses was able to turn, uh, to, to divide the Red Sea into two. So this small river, why should this be a problem? But you see, human beings, they didn't listen. They didn't, they didn't catch it right there. So in three days' time, they start complaining again. So life, as you, uh, you are growing, as a youth, you, you, you are catching up. Now you are, you, are, you, you are getting mature. Some of you are matured already. You can do so many things. But understand that life is a mixture of sweet and sour. Good and evil. And it starts not at my age, at the age of 65. It starts three days right from the journey. Three days. In other words, right at your age, right? Even the day you were born, a problem starts. And that's why you're doing because you want some food. 
If the food doesn't come, we continue. If you get the food, then you start playing. And the same thing as you are growing, that challenge is there. Sometimes you'll be happy, 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 happy. Sometimes they'll be sad, 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 sad. But when the sad comes, that's where you have to know what to do. Otherwise, the sad is going to kill you. The sad is going to make you make a wrong decision. The sad is going to make you depend upon wrong God. And forget about the one who has been sustaining you, giving you all the energy, the all, the all the strength, all the power. You are going to neglect him. And that's why God wanted to teach them that there's going to be bitter water when you get to the land of Cana. And that's why I'm giving you right from the beginning. Even before you get there, there's going to be sour walls in front of you. But if you depend upon me from this young age, from the, for these three days, if you learn how to depend upon me, then you'll be able to get to your Cana. Hallelujah. So life is a mixture of good and evil. But you can only make it if you depend upon God. Number two, life has a master. And the life has a master. Sometimes we think Satan is the master of this world. Even though the Bible calls him the prince of this world. But Satan is not in charge of this world. If you are prince, you are not king. Satan is not the king of this world. He's a prince of this world. A prince is under somebody. The king is there. Only God has given him a certain time he will kill him. He will destroy him. But, and that's why God wants us to depend upon him. He is the master of this world. The prince of this world is around to destroy us. To throw all his arrows upon us. All challenges, all crazy things. But, we should not be afraid of the prince, but we should depend totally upon the master, who is the creator of heaven and earth, including even the Satan himself. He's the one who created him. And he knows he's a troublemaker. That's why he said, don't worry about him. If only you depend upon me, you'll be successful. Even though he's around, don't worry about why God allowed him to be around, why God didn't kill him, why God didn't do this, all these crazy questions. Don't worry about it, because God said, have given you the source, the ammunition, the weapon that if you depend upon it, even though he's there, he's a crazy guy, he, can, he cannot do anything. So stop, stop about, about why God didn't kill him and why God didn't do this. And then depend upon what God has given you that will protect you, that will help you to succeed in life. And that one is knowing that there's a master. And that master has given us his son, Jesus Christ, that we are going to die in. He came to this world to die, to share his blood, give us his body. He came and died and gave us his righteousness. He came and died and then gave us all the weapons we need to defeat the devil. So if you don't depend upon him, he's the one who gives the sword. He's the one who gives righteousness. He's the one who gives protection. If you deny him or run away from him, then there's no way you can succeed in this world. Because remember, the children of Israel went into captivity if God himself had not come in, there's no way that 400 years they could have come out. The children of Israel were powerful. They were the ones who were doing all the works in there. They have all the shovels, the st everything, but they could not use any of them to kill any.
Because Satan is powerful if God doesn't come in. So Satan is not just a cheap guy. We can only defeat him when we depend upon what God has told us. God said, I am the master of this world. Just depend upon me and I'll give you your heart desire. Hallelujah. So when Jesus Christ came to this world, he, he proved that he is the master. He's the creator of heaven and earth. So when he walked with the disciples, John 6, 1 to 21, if you read the whole story, you see that when they were in the boat, there was a storm, and Jesus was able to calm the storm. And then Peter and them said, what a man. Who is this man that even the wind and the storm listened to him? He wanted to tell people that he is the master of this universe. Even he has power over nature, power over Satan, demons, anything. He has power over everything. Power over everything. That's why God said, in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. So we should all depend upon Jesus. And then the second thing, the third thing under life is life has a ministry. He was telling the children of Israel, when they were going in, when they met that bitter water, he was telling them that life it has a ministry. People are going to learn from you, and life, you are going to learn so many things in life. Human beings need to be taught, as we are doing here now. We are not created like the animals, the birds, and all those dogs and cats. When a, a bird mother dies or a dog mother dies, they can live by themselves. They will walk around and find their own food and do everything by themselves as they grow. Even if there's nobody there to take care of them. God has planted something in them. They don't need nobody to teach them anything. Of course, there are certain types that they need to be trained. Uh, uh, they need their mother to train them for certain skills. But almost um, all of these animals, some, God has planted something in them that they don't need that kind of thing. But human beings, God did not make us like that. That's why he said, train a child where he should go. And when he grows, he will not depart from it. In other words, human beings, we need to be trained. If we are not being informed of something, we will never know it by ourselves. That's why it's good to come to teaching, come to church. Because it's not in you. If you don't learn it, if somebody doesn't tell you, you will never know and in this world now, if you are not careful, you will get the wrong information in this world. But are, Satan is using so many techniques to feed our soul, our spirit, or our inner man with the wrong information so that we will stay away from God. So life is a ministry. God is always going to teach us things through bitter and sweet. So sweet will come, and then he will look at you how you, you're going to behave. And sometimes the bitter water will come in your life and he's going to see look at you how you're going to behave but when it comes to the bitter part even good part he says, in all things give thanks to god that was good part thank him bitter part thank him and who did that very well job job did that very well he was considered as a righteous person in those days even though at that time christ has not uh, died as we are sitting here now as for us christ has Giving us his righteousness. So your righteousness is not good. But he has given you one for free. To show that one to God. And God will, will qualify you as a righteous person. Otherwise all of us will go to hell. 
But Christ has given us his righteousness. And that's why you should know that you are righteous. Even though there's a calibule, calibule life in your life, you're still righteous. Because God has given you that gift for free. Only you have to allow that righteous in you to control this flesh, this body, your mind and everything. If you don't allow it, then this body will take over and then will cover whatever the spirit man have to do. Then you may think you cannot do it, but you can do it if only you are aware of what you have to do. So life is a ministry. You have to teach your children. I have to teach my children. You, and then people have to teach, but you have to go through some of these lessons. Challenge, bitter and sweet, bitter and sweet. At your age, I know you have gone to certain times that you sit down, then you are depressed. It's normal. That you, you probably need something. You need a cell phone because your friend has one and you don't have it. You have the one that uh, uh, Ghanaians would say, Banchiaba, the bigger one, the old type. And then you are not happy. So every day you've been thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking. Normal. But don't think too much. Depend upon God. Just pray. A better time will come. That God will take you out. You may think there's no solution because your parents don't have the money to buy you now. But just watch. God have time for everything. Just enjoy what you have now and just pray unto God and just forget. You see how your parents or somebody will surprise you. Otherwise, you will cry on it and Satan will find another channel for you. You will find another boy somewhere who probably don't even work. You will find some calibula way and get a cell phone. And try to give it to you. And it's a trick. He's giving it to you because he wants something from you. And after he has given it to you and you are enjoying it, when he asks for that thing, you can't refuse. That's where fornication and all kind of things comes in. Because you don't know life is bitter and sour. When it comes to sour or bitter and sweet and sour, excuse me, you know what I'm talking about, so that's good. So when a time like that comes, don't let your heart be troubled. And know that life is a ministry. And there are time will come that you also teach other people. Ephesians 4.13. Until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining in the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So God has given us all these things, this, all these things to come in our life so that we will get to these things. Now number two. God was trying to teach them about how human beings, the way we are. You may think you know yourself, but you don't know yourself. That's why, as I said, human beings need to be taught. So God was teaching us who we are. Even though we are human beings, we don't know who we are. If you don't teach a child the way to talk, a child will never be able to talk. And that's why when a child is born, from the beginning... You make sure you put something there, something the child likes. And the child will try to stretch, stretch. And that's how the child learns how to crawl, crawl on the knees. And then the mother or the father always have to find something the child likes. Shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it. You could, you could have given it to the child, but if you give it to the child, the child will be just sitting there. But you want to train the child to walk. So you start from the crawling. Then the child will stretch, and then very soon, be crawling all over. Then after that, you have to teach the child how to walk. So you get a baby walker, you put the child inside. Then you still get something. You shake it, then the child will be trying, be trying. Very soon, you got to take her out from the baby walker. Then she have to do it by herself. Tata, tata, tata. Baby talk. 
first first step. Then everybody happy. Yeah, first step. Just first step, you're happy. And then you do the same thing. Second step. Yeah. And then the following week, da, 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 da. Uh, a training. If you don't train a child, human beings. And the same thing. God has to teach us who we are. So when he took them there, the first thing we learned from what God was doing is that man is a selfish being. We love things for ourselves, not for others. We, we don't even appreciate God himself. What God is doing. He sent his own Jesus Christ to come and die for us and we're still accusing him for certain things. For him to give us his own righteousness for free. We don't even appreciate that. That because of him, you are going to heaven, not doing anything. Just accept him as your Lord and Savior. God himself has come to this world to send, take the people from slavery. They got to bitter water, just bitter water. Of all the miracles he has gone through, the people whom God has killed in Egypt, just to prove to you that you, you are special to him, people were still neglecting God. They wanted to kill Moses. They wanted to say all kinds of things. Selfish ambition. Because man always wants their things their way. They want things their way. Why God didn't, why, if God knows he is God, why he didn't turn the, the water sweet? He let us come here and then he wanted to cry. Why if God, see man is always selfish. They want it their way. Their way. But God's way is not your way and my way. So in the journey of life, you have to understand that it's not the way you want things, that's how it's going to be done. The master is a master. And he will do it the way he wants to do it. So if things doesn't go the way you want, don't cry. Only know that that supreme God, he thinks good about you. And at the right time, he will do the right thing for you. So that it is. So he was telling mankind that man is selfish. Be looking for a job, it doesn't go their way, they start crying. They need somebody in their life, the person doesn't come, they start crying. Everything, they want things their way and never happen. But Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say it again rejoice. So every situation, rejoice. Don't be selfish. Of all that God is doing for us, let give him thanks. Not only when you get good things in your hand, then you thank him. And then, see, they were never satisfied. Man is never satisfied with the things that he received from God. Some areas, I want to spend some time there, so I will jump in. But I'll give you the points. And then B. I didn't say B, but I went to see B. They were walking by sight. He was telling the people that never walk by sight, but walk by faith. The children of Israel, God was telling them who they are. First, they are selfish people. Second, they should learn how to walk by faith, not by sight. Because human beings always depend upon the flesh and the mind and what they see, the five senses. If you want to live with the five senses, what you smell, what you see, what you hear, what you feel, then you will not be able to please God. But God is a spirit. 
and he does things in spirit and it manifests in the physical. So you have to follow him. When they went to the river of Beta, they were saying that, what kind of machine are we going to get on this wilderness to turn this bitter water into sweet? Even if we get the whole sugar in the world, is this water going to be sweet? And even where, where are we going to get the, the sugar from? They are, they are looking. They are using their five senses. They are thinking. They are, they are little mind that is limited. That's what they are using. And that's why, let me take this in a few minutes. I feel like... I don't get enough work. Uh, so they will be talking and talking and talking. Because it's what they see is what they are depending upon. But God doesn't want believers to depend upon these five senses. Depend upon something invisible that you are going to use your faith to pull it out. Because God has given us every rich. Every resources. It's not that tomorrow or even now that God is going to give it to us. He has already given us everything we need. God has finished doing everything for mankind. Even on the cross, when Jesus said, Tetelestai, it is finished. When he said that, it means he had done everything. All that we have to do is have faith to pull things up. Have a faith eye, spiritual eye, to just grab the things by faith and it will manifest. So he was telling them, as you are going, you're going to face challenges on the road, but have faith in me. Trust me. You human beings, that's where you are, I know, but depend upon me. Don't let this flesh and what you see deter you from me. So when they saw the river bitter, that's all that they were saying, they tasted it bitter. In fact, the river was there so big, so many people, if they calculate it, how are we going to filter this water to make it sweet again? With the human mind, it's impossible. Not knowing that the solution was sitting right at the corner. The solution is not five miles away. It's not 100 miles away. They don't even have to take a bicycle. It's just a couple of steps, just like this. And then just pick it up and put it inside the water. But they had no idea because they have allowed sight to take over their mind. Sight. So as you are growing, as you are started this journey, when challenges come, have a spiritual eye. Know that your God, who divided the Red Sea into two, has power to change every situation for you. And if you depend upon him, it doesn't matter what kind of challenge you have come to. And that's why God wants us to hold the shield of faith. The shield of faith in the Old Testament was a big shield. It's like a door. You can hide behind it. It wasn't something small that he used to chime, 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 chime. Something big. It covers the whole armor. The head all the way to the foot, to the piece, the foot. That's why God wanted us to have faith. So he was telling them, even if you read Ephesians, he said, of all, above all, above all, above all the ammunition that you are holding, make sure. You have faith because faith or the shield of faith will quench every dot, every all Satan's lies, all Satan challenges. So, in other words, we are not here to kill Satan. We are not here to destroy Satan. Nobody can destroy Satan. Even God Himself did not destroy him yet. There's a time He will destroy him. But his lies, his challenges, his things, the things he will bring in our lives, 
his arrows that God wants said to have faith to challenge him. If you have faith that God is with you, even though you are going through challenge, nothing can really kill you because God is with you. Then you'll be able to stand. But if you don't have faith in God and his word, what he has said about you, and you look at sight, so far as this thing is not there, then this is what's going to happen the next thing. This is what's going to happen the next thing. If you calculate with your mind like that, then you will not be able to achieve it. The same way the children of Israel started calculating things, how are we going to turn this water to sweet again? And it is impossible on the wilderness. There's no way they will be able to do it. But with God, all things are possible. So they walk by sight, so we shouldn't also walk by sight. And then see, they were not satisfied. It's almost the same thing. The verse that we used to support that they were not satisfied is Ephesians 5.20. Always giving thanks to God for the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Even by time, we should give thanks to God. An example is Job. As I told you, Job went through so many things in life, but in all things, he gave thanks to the Lord. Job went through hell, but he gave thanks to the Lord. And then the third thing is they learned some lessons about the Lord. God wanted them to know things about him. The first one, we learn lessons about life. And we, we, we learn that life is a mixture of problems and other things. And then this last one, we learn, God is now going to show himself to them who he is, what he knows, and what he can do. So, in telling the people what he can do and what he knows, the first one, A, is that he is aware of our needs. He was trying to tell them that I'm aware of your needs. And the reason why he's aware of their needs is that when he was sending them, when he came from heaven and called Moses that day, he already knew everything that he was going to do. When he took them from Egypt, he knew the rest he was there. And he knew that he was going to let Moses depart the rest into two. He already had an idea. It's not that he had an idea. He knew exactly. He put it there. He had already put the, rest, the, the river that they call Mara. He has already put it there. He has already planted that tree that the children of Israel were going to pick up a stick of it and put it inside the river. He knows our needs. So he has already made a provision. So as you have become a believer, God knows what you are going to be. He knows the challenges you are going to go through. He knows how hard. He knows everything. So he has already made provisions for you. So I'm adding two together. Since he knows our needs, he he's also able to meet our needs. I'm going to combine that. Then I'll, I'll spend time on the last one. So the first one is he knows our needs. And the second one is he's able to meet our needs. Okay, so I'm combining it to say it together. And there, he knows our needs, so he already prov uh, provided it. But the provision has not come to us yet. The provision part is when Moses went to him. And that's why he told them from the beginning, depend upon me, have faith in me. If you have faith in me, you can solve every problem in this world. So Moses, God told him, Moses, Moses, the problem is right there. The problem, solution is the stick. Just pick it up and put it inside the water. The problems we are going through, the solution is not far. It's not far at all. Sometimes we think it's very far. It's right at your nose. 
Because God has already done everything for us in this world. Everything. Spiritual blessings has already been given. He hasn't kept even a tiny somewhere hiding it from us. All that we have to do is continue to stick with him. And he will direct all our affairs. Continue to stick with him. Continue to ask him time of trouble. So when Moses went to him and said, God, another trouble. What should I do? The people want to kill me. He said, just look right there under the tree. It's a stick over there. And this one is about Jesus Christ. Jesus is the stick. If you put him in your life, in your bitter situation, it will tend to be sweet. And God has already planted or he knows all our needs and he has already made the provision. Even before the foundation of this earth, God has already killed Jesus. When he came to Calvary, he has already died way back. So all the things that we see is like a movie. God already knows the finishing. He has watched the movie already. And we are now going through the movie. So we think it is strange to God. Sometimes we cry, oh God. Oh God, you know my situation. It has never happened before. Who told you? You are the only one going through that. There are people who have gone through that. You said this is my time, man. Yeah. So it is very good to know that every provision has been provided. If only you will cry to God. He will show you the solution. And the solution is the stick. And that stick, once you put it inside the water, it will be sweet in your life. But we try to do it our own way. Instead of going to him, we go to other sources. And other sources, Satan is there to kill or to steal, to destroy. Kill it. That's his mission. You have nothing good. And that's why you should not allow him to trick you with his doubts, with his lies, with his doubts. Just continue to have faith. Hold the shield. Faith in the truth, which is the belt. Faith in God's word. What God has said, I'm going to have my trust in it. And whatever challenge comes my way, I know my Redeemer liveth. If you do like that, you succeed in life. Because we are fighting against principalities and powers who are wicked. We want to make sure that even our journey, three days in our journey, we go to a different religion. Find our own lifestyle. Because he will bring so many things to our senses, our eyes. You see other people enjoying. You may think that's enjoyment because they go to the disco. They do all kind of things, holding their girlfriend's hands or their boyfriend's hands. And then you also feel like, yeah, I'm lonely. Oh, yeah, yeah. But your time is not up yet. They are doing it. Some of them are going to die premature. Some of them are going to go to jail. Some of them are going to have challenges right there that they will not be able to solve it because they rush into life. Rush. Life is not rush. Life is to patient. Put things one by one. One by one. One by one. Don't get ahead of yourself. And if you depend totally upon God, then you will be good. So Matthew chapter 6 verse 32. For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. All the things you need. Education. Don't go to any palm reader to try to help you. Don't join any cult to say we, we, we have strong spiritual things that we can help you. You become, even 
Even this president was in there. This, that president was in there. <laughs> don't listen to them. Oh. Just be who you are and enjoy what you are. You don't know what they are. Some of them are sacrificing some kind of things that in themselves they are not happy. But they get stuck in there. They can't come out. They sold their soul. So don't do anything that will make you sell your soul to the devil. And just depend totally upon God. And God will pave a way for you because all the things that you need in life is already provided. And it's there. But you don't, because you don't see it, you may think it doesn't exist. Moses had no idea that that simple tree sitting there, the branch of it, can just make that water be sweet. The children of Israel, the whole group, millions of people could not think that that tree but God had already planted that tree many years before even they got there. Because he knew that his people would need that tree one day. He knew he would test them. And then that tree, a branch of that tree, have to be placed in that water. So he had done it. In your journey, the husband you will marry, the wife, the children you are going to give to this world, the kind of personality God has given to you, the big boss, that you are going to be. Everything God has placed it there. Just depend upon him and it will manifest. If you don't depend upon him and you do your own thing, then you are going to miss it. I pray that we don't miss it, but we will follow him. And then see, he has already provided for our needs. He has already provided for our needs. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. He has provided all what we just read. He has provided all. Always remember all. Not some. Not few. Or almost all. But he say all according to his riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. So know that it is in Christ Jesus that we have everything. That's why we are going to die with him. That's why he came to this world to die. And through his death, we will have all these riches. So if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, it means you are not going to enjoy all the blessings that I'm talking about. But if you have taken him as your Lord and Savior, then start living this Christ life. God, he's the one who gives you all the richness. Richness he's talking about. Otherwise, you may think that, oh, God, I, I know you are there, but I don't see this in my life. I don't see that in my life. But have you asked yourself, are you in Christ? If you are in Christ, you abide in him. You do what the spirit tells you. You do what his word says. But if you are not in Christ, then you allow this body and your mind to dictate to you whatever you have to do. And once the mind and the body start dictating to you, they bring depression. Because what this mind and body want is always death. And, what, and that's why we call the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh are all dead. It looks enjoyable. It looks sweet. Because this body wants to take some alcohol. This body wants to take some ganja. This body wants to have sex at a young age. 
He doesn't want to listen to anything because this body, and remember, this body is not born again. Human beings, we are three parts. Our body or our spirit, which is you, your spirit man. And then the body that we live in, that's this body. And then our brains, our mind, that the spirit man depends upon to work, to reason. All those areas are not born again, but we still need it. We still need those areas because we need this body that is not born again to live, to exist. God didn't make us like the angels that they are spirit beings so they can function, think, and do everything by their spirit. But God made us in such a way that we need this body and we need our minds. But this mind and or our soul are not born again. The one that is born again, God has placed his righteousness on it. Even though it's still like a filthy rag, but God says, no, I'm going to make it perfect by putting Jesus Christ's righteousness on that spirit. So that spirit that is in you, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, that spirit is perfect. It's just. Anyone who believes in Christ is a just person. So you may think that you are not just. And that's where faith comes in. Don't look by sight. Just believe that you are a just person. Because it's not what you did. It is because of what Christ has placed on you. You see, let, let me use this one as an example. Okay, five minutes. Uh, now, uh, I'm called a doctor. Dr. John Kwame Apia. Okay. Doctor, but I did not really go to the channels that you have to go through to get the doctor. It was an honoring doctorate degree. And as you all know, your students, you know, you can honor, especially most presidents and them, you can honor them, those doctorate degrees. Even though they have not studied the subject, but even though even though they are doing certain things, they can honor them a certain part of the degrees. Like mine is a doctor of divinity because they think I'm doing religious things already. So I can teach those things. Only I have to study, make sure I meet that standard, get the right tools, study the right things so you can teach, qualify. Don't go and teach above all things, something you say from your head. Otherwise, the, the, the school will take the thing away from you. They don't want you to disgrace them. Okay. But... Whether you like it or not, whether you call me doctor or don't call me, whether I studied or I don't study it, it is being honored. It is being placed upon me as a gift. Free. Free. The same thing when it comes to salvation. It's free. You're trying to do it and then you fail. You try to do it, you fail, and God said you can't do it. But I'm going to honor you. Free gift. Just come. And I'll put the thing and give you that base certificate. Free. But make sure you live according to that line. The righteousness I'm going to give it to you is Christ who went to the school all those years and had that degree that none of you could have made it. The challenge Christ went through, nobody could have gone through that. But I've gone through it and qualified it. But now I'm going to honor you with that degree. So come. Don't worry, you're steady. Throw all those books on the side. And just take the clothes. Then he'll put the garment on you. Then your spirit might become righteous. As I'm walking around here, you may challenge me and say anything you want to say. You are not a doctor. You didn't study. You can say anything. It doesn't go nowhere. 
Because I get a certificate there. Oh, hallelujah. So I can come to you and tell you, you are not righteous. You are not righteous. Look, the other day you were doing the... They can say anything they want to say. Christ has given to you for free. You have to understand it. And then you start working on that righteousness that lives in you. Make sure the righteousness in you have to control this body and control the mind. Otherwise, the mind and the body will beat this spirit mind inside you. Challenge him every day. You shut up. Stay in there quiet. Because this spirit, this body is also very, he's one of our enemies. Stop on. We walk with him every day. He knows everything. And then he will direct you to so many areas. But the spirit man have to use the word of God and then challenge him. Flesh, quiet. I'm now a righteous person. I'm a doctor. I have to live as a doctor person. I'm a doctor. I'm a righteous person. I can't walk around and act like the way other people are doing. So, flesh, be quiet. Then you silence it. If people are, if somebody calls you and try to talk to other people, no, 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 no. Don't enjoy these messages. This kind of lies that people are saying on telephone. The spirit man, you have to train him and let him take control, take control, take control. Otherwise, this flesh will take control and then you will even know that you are a righteous person. And when you pray, your, this mind will tell you your prayer is not going to be answered because you are not righteous. But it's not because of you. It's because somebody honor you free, church. So since you understand these things, just start working on it and depend totally upon God and then you'll be free in life. Stand on your feet as we pray. Please. Mm-hmm.